Hello, people of the way. If you have your Bible, please open up to Numbers chapter 35. Numbers 35. Now we're in continuation of our study through the book of Numbers, and we're almost done with the with, with, with the book. You know, Lord willing, a couple more weeks, and we'll be starting Deuteronomy. But here we are at the end of the book of Numbers, and we start off here in verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. And so, you know, they're getting close. They haven't crossed the, 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 the Jordan River just yet. But we're getting closer to that event. He says, saying in verse 2, Command the children of Israel that they give the Levites cities to dwell in from the inheritance of their possession. Now, remember how the priesthood has allotment from a portion of Israel. Uh, it, it, it's the people's support of the ministry. Israel's support of the Levitical priesthood to include the Kohanim. You see this support of the ministry just like our study through 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 about giving and support of ministry. Now, remember what we study as New Covenant believers to, you know, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. That we don't do it like as a religious, like you must give 10%, you must give X amount of dollars. You must, there's no, no, no mandating if you're a pastor, if you're an elder, no mandating you have to give this. No, no compulsion of men. No compulsion whatsoever. It's... No meddling. You know, it's a person's heart unto the Lord, their sacrifice and giving unto the Lord. You see, now, you could look at this in one regard and be like, well, wait a second, this is the law, so therefore it's mandated. And I could understand that. But remember our study in Exodus 25 when the Lord is giving Moses the blueprints in the mountain, when Moses is in the cloud with the Lord and the Lord is giving him the blueprints. In Exodus 25, verse 2, says, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart. You see, willingly, you shall take my offering. You see, the willing heart, the willing heart. Old Testament, the willing heart. You see, an Old Testament example of circumcision, not physically, of the flesh, of the heart. Because a person gives this offering and it's unto the Lord sacrificially. Now, in get, in in performing these the, the 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 sacrifices and the offering in the performance of these. Now there are other provisions which leads to. I mean, here we are in Numbers thirty-five, which leads to future statutes where we're at right now, which is you know the uh, spoils of war. The spoils of war and included in the spoils of war. Remember, the fighters get a larger majority of the spoils and then at a lower tax rate. Remember, we studied that a couple weeks ago. But then at the same time, among the spoils of war, among the inheritances, there are provisions to provide for the priesthood. Now, it's not so the priesthood can amass all this wealth. But understand that the priesthood, instead of... Taking care of, you know, certain duties and performing certain duties in accordance to things outside the ministry. No, it's so that they can focus on the ministry, specifically focus on the ministry. And what is the ministry? For people to be right with God. Old Testament, New Testament, for people to be right with God. Now, we're going to see abuse too. Not so much here right now, but we're going to see abuse in future passages. How many times do you remember us when we would say, you know, it's nice to have this base plate, so to speak, of Exodus, uh, Leviticus, and Numbers. It's nice to have this base plate because when it goes off into crazy town, when the priests go off into crazy town, when kings go off into crazy town, when cities and governors go off into crazy town, you're going to see 
how the Lord responds, and you're going to understand why the Lord responds the way he does. Because remember, he is reactionary, you see, and he wants order in Israel, you see. And so when we read the, the Old Testament and we get in further passages, we're going to understand, okay, Lord, that's why you did it, because the, the, the formula that you prescribed, it wasn't followed. Just like we see in Corinth, you see, if Paul never wrote first corinthians and just says okay yeah i'm fine with the works of the flesh i'm fine with that type of carnality then paul would be disobedient unto the lord you see order order in israel order in the church and where you see disorder and chaos you see the handiwork of our enemy the handiwork of our enemy you see and we're going to see that old testament and new testament we've seen it in corinth but then you're going to see how the lord brings back order you see and so we see here in still in verse 2 that that they give the Levites cities to dwell in from the inheritance of their possession. And you shall also give the Levites common land, common land around the cities. And this common land translates as suburbs. So the Levites get cities and they get suburbs. So we see here in verse 3, they shall have the cities to dwell in. So they get to live in the cities. He says, and the, their common land or the suburbs shall be for their cattle, for their herds, and for all their and, and for all their animals. Now, you could look at this and be like, wow, look how wealthy the priesthood is. Look at all these, these animals that they have. Because a, a unit of measurement using the animals, that was uh, how wealth was measured. If somebody has two sheep, he's not very rich. But if somebody has like 2,000, 5,000 sheep, that guy's loaded. You see? So it was like a, a, a financial measurement. But then at the same time, don't forget that there are provisions for the offerings and sacrifice where the rich, they give the ox, the middle class, they give the sheep, and the poor, they give the turtle doves. You see? They're offering sacrifice unto the Lord. Now, of these provisions of the uh, uh, of the herds of Israel, now there's provisions for the priesthood, for the Levitical priesthood, for the Kohanim. And you could look at this from one perspective and be like, wow, look how they amass all this wealth. Look at all this wealth that they have. And that would be in alignment with a prosperity gospel, which is unbiblical. Unbiblical, the prosperity gospel. But it's indicative of the amount of sin in the camp and trespass in the camp because these animals are going to be needed. These animals are going to be needed for uh, tabernacle worship, for tabernacle function, for uh, uh, they're going to be needed because a lot of sin, a lot of sin, a lot of trespass, which means what? A lot of blood, which means what? A lot of animals. So you see, it's so beautiful when you see and understand that these provisions that the Lord has, it's for a reason. It's for a reason and all in alignment to this primary objective for people to be right with the Lord. Because the Lord loves his creation. The Lord loves his creation. You see? Now, if you're not a believer, the Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. I'm not advocating the law. We study the law. If you're listening for the first time, Wednesday we do Old Testament. Sunday we do New Testament. You see, but we still study the Old Testament. I know people, I, I don't like to read the Old Testament because God is so vengeful and I, I just don't like that. No, he's, he's not. He's the same. He never changes. But we're spoiled. We get spoiled under this age of grace. We say, oh, yeah, the Lord, the Lord is, the Lord has, you know, the, 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 there's no widespread revelation. Just like in Samuel's day, there's no widespread re revelation. Well, he's quiet for a reason. 
It's called grace. It's called long-suffering. Not willing that any should perish. If you're not a believer, he's not willing that you should perish. You see? So believe in him. Believe in Jesus Christ. You see? And if that's you, you hit pause and you listen to the message, how to commit your life to Jesus Christ, and you commit your life to Jesus Christ. It's not a time to be unbelieving anymore. Don't do that. It's not good for your soul. Join me in the ark. Get in the ark. That's what I like to say. Get in the ark, capital A, and I speak of Jesus Christ. Get in the ark. Because judgment is coming. You see? The rains are coming. That's why Jesus Christ says the last days are like the days of Noah. Just like the days of Noah. You see? The rains are coming. And so we see here in verse... um, Three, they shall have the cities to dwell in, and the common land shall be for their cattle, for their herds, and for their animals. And these are things that get abused in time. Because you're going to see the priesthood, they amass all this wealth, so to speak, because of the animals. They amass all this wealth, and not just the animals, the land. These are things that get abused. But when we study the Old Testament, you're going to understand why the Lord responds the way He does. Remember, the Lord is reactionary. And you're going to understand why the Lord responds the way He does. Because they're doing it wrong. They're following the formula wrong. Whether it be a priest, high priest, whether it be a king, whether it be a people, a group of people, you're going to understand why the Lord responds the way He does. And the vessels He uses, the vessels He chooses. Just like Samuel had ears to hear when the priest didn't have ears, when the high priest didn't have ears, and yet Samuel had ears, you see? And you're going to understand why the Lord is silent, why the Lord speaks to Samuel, because look what Eli and his wicked sons were doing, you see? And so we hear, see here in verse 4, the common land or the suburbs of the cities which you shall give the Levites shall extend from the wall of the city outward a thousand cubits all around. You know what? I love this outside the city. The, those who are tenders of the flock, those, those who are tending the flock, they're on the outside. I love that so much. Those who tend the flock, they're on the outside, outside of the city. You see, how many times do you hear? And not so much, but every now and then. For pastors, elders, the overseers, get very comfortable with the idea of being on the outside of the camp. You see, just like Paul in Corinth. Yes, he loves the Corinthian saints as exemplified in Acts 18, as exemplified in his letters, as exemplified in his tears. He has so much an abundance of love for the saints of Corinth, but he purposes, hey, I'm not going to see you guys. You see? Oh, Paul's so mean. He doesn't want to see them. No, he pours into them. He'll die for them. But what's so beautiful about this is that it exposes the willing. It exposes the willing. You see, it's so beautiful when you see passages and you have this understanding as New Covenant believers to see the hands and the feet of the vessels that the Lord uses, such as Paul. But the same could be said of Peter of Timothy, of Titus, of Jude, of John, the same could be said. The vessels that the Lord uses. But the same thing applies in the Old Testament. You see? How the Lord speaks through Moses for the benefit of the people. And Moses is saying, you know, this is what the Lord wants. This is the Lord's heart. This is the Lord's desire. It's us that have to follow. You see? 
And so here we are in verse 5, and you shall measure outside the city on the east side 2,000 cubits. And so the Lord is giving them specific measurements, specific blueprints on what to do with these suburb suburb areas. And a cubit, you know, as a frame of reference, a cubit is the distance of the, from the elbow to the fingertip on average. The elbow to the fingertip, that's a cubit. And that's what they would use as a frame of reference for, you know, measuring when they would build stuff and, you know, measure out flo- measure out fields and measure out just a unit of measurement. And so he says, measure out or, 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 or uh, you shall measure outside the city on the east side, 2,000 cubits, on the south side, 2,000 cubits, on the west side, 2,000 cubits, and on the north side, 2,000 cubits. The city shall be in the middle. This shall belong to them as common common land for the cities or suburbs for animals remember it's for the animals for the uh, as it says in verse 3 for the cattle the herds and for the all their animals so you see the lord is establishing not just the borders what we studied last week not just the borders but then also the structure the order of cities the order of suburbs and if you remember our study through uh, exodus and leviticus and the early parts of numbers it's also in tens in hearts in families and so it's the exact same right now order just as the old testament order in israel new testament order in the church order in christians you see it's the same i never change saith the lord jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forevermore in him there's no chaos in him there is peace you see and so we look at verse 6. Now among the cities which you will give to the Levites, you shall appoint six cities of refuge. This is six cities of asylum. Now, we have examples in, in, in this world of asylum cities, and a lot of it is corrupt. They use it to turn municipalities a different uh, a political slant. They'll say, oh, yeah, we're going to take in all these refugees. And then they send them to, you know, swing states or they send them to blue di- uh, red districts. So, you know, they want to uh, uh, alter the demographic, alter. Uh, it's all for voting. That's what that's what they do. That's what's that's what's happening. And I, I teach from America. And so that's what's happening in America. It's corruption, straight up corruption. But you also see it in other other parts of the world, corruption in all kinds of different governments, whatever system of government there is, you always see corruption. In, in Europe, you definitely see corruption, the clash of civilizations, the globalist documents from the 90s leading up to the alliance of civilizations. And look, you, churches are closed now. Churches are, you, you see the impact of a demographic upon the people where in, you know, 1990, it was one way, but then 2010, it's a completely different way because the altering of the demographic. Well, when you read certain documents, United Nations publications, not just United Nations publications, but based upon the Club of Rome. And you see now a lot of times you, you bring up these names and people, oh, man, that's a conspiracy theory. But then understand, too, that there's a spiritual aspect behind all these things. Uh, a spirit, You know, just like you see in uh, 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 demonic forces that are behind countries. You know, you read Ezekiel 38. You see these Gog and Magog. You see these uh, 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 demonic forces that are behind countries and regions of the world. But the same thing applies to the uh, uh, globalist mentality, such as... Alice Bailey, Joel Cole, Lucis Trust, named after Lucifer, and the birth of the League of Nations leading up to the United Nations. Oh, it's all documented. 
And so there's a very, very hardcore spiritual element behind this factions that we see behind this globalist agenda. And I don't want to come off as a conspiracy theorist or sound conspiratorial, but these things must happen. These things must happen. It's entirely spiritual. And we're going to discuss this more on Sunday, this aspect of spiritual warfare. People that are given over to uh, demonic, things demonic. How it happens, but how we are the ones, Christians are the ones to be the fishermen, wise fishermen, and understand the nature of this warfare, spiritual, you see? spiritual it's all spiritual you hear, you hear say you know to you know when the wolf comes kill the wolf yes kill the wolf but it's metaphysical it's supernatural it's not to say this guy's a false teacher okay you know you put a knife in him no it's not, not anything like that at all it's nothing like that but you still have to kill a wolf it's because the sheep need to be saved the lambs need to be safe you see tend the flock tend the flock feed my sheep Tend the flock. What did the Lord tell Peter? Tend my flock. Tend the sheep. Feed my sheep. You see? Pastors always like to get this idea in their head. Oh yeah, I'm a shepherd. I'm a shepherd. Don't forget, shepherds kill wolves. You see? Metaphysically, I'm not saying, you know, kill a false prophet. I'm not saying anything like that. But understand that there's order in fellowships. And where you see disorder, you see the handiwork of Satan. Most of the time. Sometimes you see stupidity. Babies. That's what you you see in Corinth. You know, babies. Don't expect wisdom from babies. You see, just like we see exactly what we see in Corinth. Exactly what we see in Corinth. It pains me to say that because they're saints. And I love them. You know, I mean, if we were back in, I love them today because... But if we were back then, I would love them still. They're saints. But they need to grow. They need to grow. They need to mature. And how can that happen unless the separation came? You see, in spite of the Spirit, Paul says, okay, separate from the brother. You see? And you you might wonder, like, why? Why does he always say that separation, separation? Well, a time is coming and is here now when people worship the Lord. People worship the Father in spirit and in truth. In order for that to happen, separation must happen. There must be separation, a consecration. You unto the Lord. That has to happen. You see? And in order for that to happen, you're going to have to make some separations. You're going to have to make some choices. The same way I have to make some choices. You see? I want intimacy with the Lord. And for you, I want you to have intimacy with the Lord. And how can you have intimacy with the Lord when you also have intimacy with X, Y, Z? It's one thing if it's fellowship among other believers. But if it's another believer who's a baby and refuses to grow up and they refuse to grow up for two years, three years, ten years, and they're saying, oh yeah, let's let's do these works of the flesh, then you have a choice to make. You have a choice to make. You see? Consecration unto the Lord. And so we see here how the Lord is establishing these, uh, the, the, the cities and the Lord is establishing all these things. And it's the same now in verse six. Now among the cities, which you, which you will give to the Levites, 
you shall appoint six cities of refugees or asylum cities. And these asylum cities, he says, to and this is, you know, I give these modern day examples because under the modern day example, you see widespread corruption, widespread corruption. And it's by design. It's by design. People given over to demonic things, demonic, evil, evil and meddling ultimately from a globalist agenda ultimately meddling with jerusalem you see meddling with jerusalem that cup of drunkenness jerusalem you see these things must come to pass it's going to get darker and darker and darker and darker and in the darkness the the enemy satan he knows his time is short and so he's going to amp up his fight he's going to amp up the fight you see, where are the fighters? Where are the warriors? Where are the protectors of the sheep? Where are the protectors of the lambs? You see? And so these cities of refuge, not corrupt. The, 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 we have a world example of what corruption looks like when it comes to refugees and how they're used to change a demographic in all kinds of different nations all across the globe. You see it in America. You definitely see it in Europe. I mean, what happened to Europe is coming to America. It, it, it's work. They, it's almost like Europe was like a, 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 a test environment. You know, the, uh, uh, the beta stage. And now they're implementing, implementing these things across the globe, large scale. And so you see here, to, and, and what the Old Testament says, not advocating the law, but you see the care that the Lord has. For the people and the people's hearts because he says here these cities of refuge in verse 6 to which a manslayer may flee and this word for manslayer in the hebrew it's a person who has killed they have blood on their hands they have killed and so a, a manslayer may flee now there's a deep purpose behind this these cities of refuge and understand that the 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 priesthood themselves, they better be dead, you see. And when I say dead, I don't mean dead like physically dead. I mean dead like, and not, uh, like dead like um, dead to self and all about the Lord's business. Because remember, these cities of refuge, they're under ownership of the, of the priesthood. So they have a job to do. They have tasks to do. And the whole point is for people to be right before the Lord. Yes, when they trespass, when they sin, for people to be right before the Lord. And now you have this topic of the cities of refuge to which a manslayer, manslayer may flee. And to these you shall add 42 cities. So the Lord is establishing not just the borders, not just order of cities and suburbs, but he's also establishing certain districts and the purpose in their functionality. And so he says here in verse seven, so all these cities you will give to the Levites shall, so all the cities you will give to the Levites shall be 48. These you shall give with their common land, with, the, with their suburbs. So it's a lot of land, a lot of land. And you're going to have in this land, in these areas, you're going to see uh, land for the for, for, for living quarters. You see the animals, you see uh, uh, the cities of refuge and these very, very important duties for Israel. Very, very important duties for Israel, for the benefit of Israel. And 
We're going to see these abused in future chapters, future books. We're going to see these abused. But now that we have this base plate and understanding, and we, we continue to build on this understanding, and even in continuation through Deuteronomy, we're going to have this base plate, and then we're going to understand why the Lord responds, why the Lord reacts the way he reacts, good and bad. Blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience. We're going to understand why, because the formula isn't being followed. You see? The formula isn't being followed. There's a specific specific formula, order of operations. The same way there is as new covenant believers, there's a specific formula and order of operations. Just as you hear us say all the time on Sundays in our study through Second uh, Corinthians 8 and 9. You gotta follow the formula. In verse 7, so all the cities you will give the Levites shall, Levites shall be 48. These you shall give with their common land. And the cities which you will give shall be from the possession of the children of Israel. And you see an Old Testament example of the body caring for the body. Provisions for from Israel to the priesthood. The priesthood having a specific function. You see, the body caring for the body. In the Old Testament example here, he says, From the larger tribe, you shall give many. From the smaller, you shall give few. Each shall give some of its cities to the Levites in proportion to the inheritance that each received. So you see, support for the priesthood, but their function is for Israel. And remember, the whole purpose is to be right with God, for the people to be right with God. And I can't stress this enough, it's abused. It gets abused. It gets abused. Okay. And you in your own private studies, in reading the Old Testament, you might wonder like, wow, I wonder why the Lord is responding this way. Well, now that we have this understand, this, this base plate of the law and statutes in Exodus, Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, it's going to help you in your own private studies when you read through the Old Testament and even the New Testament. You know, you're going to see uh, fulfillment, what th certain certain things committed by the priesthood, the, 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 still the Levitical priesthood and the Kohanim, the high priest, Caiaphas, in killing Jesus Christ, shedding innocent blood, you see, and what the Lord has done in that and through that. Why? For you and me. Because he loves you. And if you're a non-believer, you're listening. You see, a lot of times, sometimes I talk to non-believers and they're like, oh yeah, this is so full of fairy tales. It's so full of fairy tales. It's like, okay, let's have a talk. Let, let's have a conversation. What fairy tale? You say the Bible's full of fairy tales, but what fairy tale? Then they come out, oh yeah, the Bible says this. It's a contradiction over here. Where's the contradiction? Because let's look at it. There's no contradiction, my friend. And that might be you right now. So opposed to the things of the Bible. Oh, I, I, I don't like how Christians do this. I don't like how Christians do this. And the majority of the time, hey, point blank, I don't like it either. Because you see, uh, among the Christians, you, you see people not following the formula. You see? Oh, I went to church and, you know, everybody was speaking in tongues and it just sounded crazy. And uh, it's just too crazy for me. Well, it's too crazy for me too. That's not the formula. That's not the biblical formula. You see? A lot of times I have these conversations. It's like, okay, let's 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 talk about it. Let's just sit down for a second and let's just talk about this. 
Where is the fairy tale? Where, where is the inaccuracy in the Bible? Where? You see? And that's what I love so much as we get closer to the last days. That's what I love so much is because all these notions, people are going to have to make some hardcore decisions. All these notions that people hold near and dear, all these religions that people hold near and dear, people are going to have to make a choice as the Lord makes himself known. Just like he did in Egypt. Just as he did in Egypt, the Lord made himself known and he's going to do it again in these last days. He's going to make himself known. You see? And so we see here in verse Nine, in verse nine, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you, cro when you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall appoint cities of refuge for you that the manslayer who kills, who kills any person accidentally may flee there. So now you have an ordinance for the unintentional sin. But remember, we studied this before. If you remember our study through Leviticus and a little bit of numbers, the ordinance for unintentional sin and the exposure to death and how it is unclean. You see, and the priests, when you see the priesthood, but their abodah, abodah, mishkan. Remember our study in Leviticus? Abodah, abodah, mishkan. When you see priests that are all about the Lord's business, understanding that, yes, this guy is carnal. Yes, there's sin in this camp. Yes, there's sin over here. And the sin needs to be atoned for. You see, wow, the priesthood, they're busy. They're busy because they're all about the Lord's business. But you're going to see waywardness in the priesthood. Just like you remember our study in the book of Acts when Paul goes into Jerusalem. Paul goes into Jerusalem. And remember all the saints, the, 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 the other apostles, they're like, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go to Jerusalem. And the Lord says, you know, the Holy Spirit was testifying that there's going to change in tribulations await Paul. And then you see Paul in Jerusalem and change in tribulations awaited him. And he was captured. And you read what's happening among the priesthood there. Like they're like following him around, all conspiring how to kill him and do all these things. They did it to Jesus Christ too, but... You, you 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 read these things that the behaviors of the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees and the Kohanim and the Levitical priesthood. You read it's like, well, wait a second. I see that you guys are doing that. You're predisposed into this functionality, but if you're predisposed to this functionality in killing Christ and killing his saints and killing Paul and capturing Paul and you know, talking with the political leaders in order for them to be imprisoned or even killed. If you're predisposed to those things, what about Abudah Mishkan? That means you're not all about the Lord's business. You see, now you understand, especially in killing of the Lord, shedding of innocent blood, and you see how the Lord, what the Lord does in that as purchasing Purchasing souls, my soul, your soul, because he loves you. But now with this base plate of the law, you have this deeper understanding of, oh, I get it now. I understand why the Lord does this. I understand why the Lord did this, because you're learning more about his character, his nature. And yes, 
in the law. And yes, as New Covenant believers, understanding that we abide in the fulfillment of the law, and I speak of Jesus Christ. And so we see here in verse 12, they shall be cities of refuge for you from the avenger. So understand there's two parties here. He says, they shall be cities of refuge for you. That's the party number one, the, the, the manslayer, which needs to be cleaned. And from the avenger, which is party number two, which needs to stay cleansed. So you have these two parties. He says that the manslayer may not, may not die, may not die until he stands before the congregation in judgment. So justice needs to be served. You see, so you have these two parties, the manslayer and the avenger. I'll give you an example. Say, for example, you and I were brother and sister or brother and brother or brother. We're family. We're close. I mean, we are spiritually. But say, for example, we're like, you know, blood brother. I mean, we are blood brothers and blood sisters or sister, brother, brother, you know, because I'm a guy. But I mean, you know, we're blood brothers and blood sisters if you're female. But and it's the blood of Jesus Christ. So. But say we're biological. That's a better way to put it. Say we're biological siblings. And somebody kills a sibling of ours. Somebody kills a sibling of ours. You know how angry we're going to be? How dare this person, one of us is going to want to avenge the blood of our sibling. You see? And so there's that what brews inside of me, what brews inside of you. Oh, our sibling is dead and that guy killed him. Oh, let's get him back. You see, there's that flesh. The carnal nature. Yes, there's the manslayer, but that's party number one. We're also a party to that, party number two, you see. What has happened in his heart? What has happened in my heart? What has happened in your heart? And how did this even come about? What has happened in the dead brother's heart? You know, what, what did he do? What did the dead sister, what did she do? You see, so... These are things that have to be revealed in the uh, before the congregation in judgment. You see, now you see Israel they're they're learning about self-governance. Self-governance, yes, under the law, but also under this covering of what the Lord has given them through the law, which is blood, the animals for sacrifice, rules, statutes. You see? You say, wow, you, you say covering of the law. But remember, the covering of the law is still a cover. The law is still, uh, the law is still holy. I'm not advocating the law. But even the new covenant testifies, yes, the law is still holy. Except the law was made with loopholes. There is something more holy, which is the fulfillment of the law. You see, the law is a tutor. The law is a schoolmaster. But the, in that example, we're, we're brother, we're siblings, and somebody killed our sibling. Now, look at what brews inside of my heart. Look at what brews inside of your heart. Look at what brews inside the offender's heart who committed the, the, the who killed our sibling. You see, there's all kinds of works in the flesh that are brewing inside of our hearts, inside of our minds, and that needs to be taken care of. That needs to be addressed, and through the law. Through the law, because we're in the Old Testament. I'm not saying, I'm not advocating the law. I have to emphasize, we're not advocating the law. Now, it's very important to understand that. Remember the warning label that came with our study in Leviticus? Because in these last days, there's this seduction into what's called Hebrew Roots Movement. Hebrew Roots Movement. And a lot of them are men. A lot of the advocates are men. 
a lot of them are perverted men because they like the concubine aspect of the law. Oh, yeah, we're at righteousness through the law. Oh, yeah, we're under the law because they like the concubine aspect. They're perverts. And so I have to stress, <clears throat> not advocating the law, but understand that for Israel in the book of Numbers, that in the functionality of the law, they're learning self-governance under the umbrella of the law, which is still holy. Still holy. Even today, it is still holy. But there's a greater holiness, which is the fulfillment of the law. Remember our study in the book of Hebrews? The law was created with loopholes. Now, since I said it, I'll, I'll read it. But turn with me to Hebrews chapter 8. And in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, But now he, speaking about Jesus Christ, he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant. You see? Better covenant, which was established on better promises. You see? Better. For if that first covenant, speaking of the law, if that first covenant had been flawless, means what? It means that it has faults to it. It has loopholes to it. If that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. You see? The better covenant. The better uh, promises. The better covenant, which is Jesus Christ and abiding in the fulfillment of the law. Now, going back to Numbers chapter 35. In verse 13, and of the cities which you give, you shall give, you shall have six cities of refuge. You shall appoint three cities on this side of the Jordan. So remember, they haven't crossed yet. Three cities on this. And remember, there are also tribes that are staying. They're going to go in the fight. They're going to go in the battle. But they're going to come back and be on the other side of the Jordan. Because remember, the borders of Israel, which the Lord established in our study last week, the Lord has these borders of Israel. And it's quite extensive, quite extensive. And so we see here, you shall appoint three cities on this side of the Jordan and three cities you shall appoint in the land of Canaan, which will be cities of refuge. You see, God is establishing the location for these cities of refuge too. You see, what I love about this, God is deeply involved with Israel. Deeply involved with Israel. And don't forget, the camp, there's provisions in the law for the sojourner. Provisions in the law for the Gentile. Look at Jethro. You see, look at Jethro. Look at, I mean, even Balaam, except Balaam was short term. Balaam for a short period of time because Balaam went back and he accompanied himself with evil kings, wicked kings, and he died. He was killed. You see, don't be, don't be short term Balaam. Don't be a short term believer. No, you're in the camp of God. Stay in the camp of God. How does that happen? We abide in Christ. You see. And so look what happens here in verse 15. These six cities shall be for refuge for the children of Israel, for the stranger or Gentile, and for the sojourner, translates as lodger among them, that anyone who kills a person accident accidentally may flee there. So now you have this accidental death, accidental death. But then in verse 16, but if he strikes him with an iron implement, which shows what? It shows intent, intent. I mean, legally speaking, intent plays a big deal. You know, there's like, you know, uh, manslaughter, 
but then you know you have like homicide you know so there's intent a lot of that deals with intent but if he strikes him with an iron implement so that he dies he is a murderer so now this distinction is made between manslayer and murder now in the hebrew it's the exact same word the exact same word but how the word is used the usage of the particular word it's key here because the distinction is made for the person who draws blood and then the other distinction is made is how did this come about why was this blood drawn you see because israel they're going to draw blood they're going to go to war and they're going to fight and people will die they're going to kill and people will die you see and that same word for killing shedding blood yes it's the same word but then it points to intent when you read in context it points to intent such as we see here if he strikes him with an iron implement so that he dies he is a murderer so now this person who drew blood why did this person draw blood was it an act of war in obedience to the lord or was it an act of like criminal intent you see criminal intent because on one side look at the condition of the heart in one side, it's obedience unto the Lord. On the other side, it's disobedience unto the Lord. You see, I'm not advocating war, but this is the Old Testament. You see, and Israel, and not you say, oh, this is the Old Testament. You know, it's vengeance time. No, this is the Old Testament. It's under the law, and in the law is death. In the law is death. And in the command of the Lord, in, deliver, in, in, in fulfilling the commandments of the Lord, Israel has to fight. Just like, you know, the Lord took care of Egypt. And then the Lord has these expectations on Israel. Okay, I took care of Egypt. Now you take care of Canaan. Now you take care of the Moabites, the Hittites, the uh, 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 Hivites. You take care of these. You see, now, it's not to say that these people, the Hittites, the Hivites, the uh, Moabites, that they don't have a chance to be grafted into Israel. They certainly do. Just like Jethro, Moabite of the land of Moab. So a, a, a priest of Moab. So you have Jethro. What happened with Jethro? No, the Lord made himself known. It is, uh, Egypt, they were the powerhouse. God on earth. That's how they were referred to, God on earth. And when the Lord made himself known, look at what he did to Egypt. The surrounding peoples, the Moabites, the Canaanites, the surrounding peoples, they definitely knew Israel. They definitely knew it. Whoa, their God is stronger than Egypt. I thought Egypt was, the you know, I thought the Pharaoh was God on earth. And look what the God of Israel did to him. You see? And so there were Gentile, there statutes in the law, provisions in the law. For Gentiles and non-believers and the the, uh, 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 the Gentiles to be grafted into the camp of Israel the same way there is now. The, church, the Gentile church grafted into Israel. You see? Listen to our study through Romans 11. And you'll understand that. And if you're a Calvinist, if you reform theory, listen to our study through Romans 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. You'll understand that concept because what's happening now in accordance to reformed theory, what's happening now is replacement theology, which is wrong. Biblically wrong. Inaccuracy. It's not the right formula. You see? And so we see here in verse 16 
So, uh, if it strikes him with an iron implement so that he dies, he's a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. So now this distinction must be made. But then this distinction must be made. But then in future books and when we get further on in the Old Testament studies, you're going to see how even this is abused. This is abused. Because it's like, wow, you know, this person's getting away with murder, but not with the Lord. You might get away with the people. And this uh, this conspiracy that was made to uh, contrive and the, 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 this conspiracy for whatever thing that we're going to study in the future Old Testament books. But the Lord knows. They, nobody gets away with anything from the Lord. No, the Lord knows everything. And uh, you know, Old Testament, New Testament, and even today, even you, even me, the, the Lord knows. Nobody gets away with anything from the eyes of the Lord. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. You see? And so we see here in verse 17, and if he strikes him with a stone in the hand, if he strikes him with the stone in the hand, so also it shows to uh, intent, intent, a matter of the heart. If he strikes him with the stone in the hand by which, by which one could die, and he does die, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. Remember, the wages of sin is death. This is the law, which is still in effect today. The wages of sin is death. Old Testament, stoning. The majority of time. Old Testament, stoning. New Testament, the wages of sin is death, but it happens when you die. The second death. You see, a lot of times Christian people, mockers of these last days, they thought, oh, you're a Christian. You believe the Bible. You think I should be stoned to death? No, I believe I should be stoned to death. You see? But God is good. God is love. And he so loved me that he takes my sin and puts it on his son and I'm free. And the same can be said for you. You can be free too. Instead of a slave to sin, you can be free in Christ. You see, the wages of sin is death. Old Testament, the majority of times, stoning. Stoning by death. But even in the New Testament, as New Covenant believers, even today, the law is still in effect. That doesn't mean that anybody can stone you. But what it does mean that the second death, there will be death. The only way to escape that second death is through Jesus Christ. I don't care what Buddha says. I don't care what Mary says. I don't care what the Hare Krishnas say. I don't. I could care less. Jesus Christ, Son of the Most High God, He wants you to know. He wants me to tell you. He is the only way. No one comes to the Father but by Him and through Him. You see? Look at verse 18. Or if he strikes him with a wooden hand, wooden hand weapon, also points to intent, which is a matter of the heart, by which one could die, and he does die. He is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. So you see how the Lord is, you know, he's in inside the camp and inside the cities, how he's teaching the people and showing the people and instructing the people about not just conduct, but rules and even having this uh, uh, sanctuary city, so to speak, or this a city of refuge. It's like, wait a second, you know, this is a, a place where the manslayer can go and, it, you know, it's like a holding city and until we can have a trial and, and, and find out what happened, what's the reason for it. And it could be that this manslayer murdered. And if that's the case, then he has to die. But it could be that this person drew blood, but it was accidental. The, and 
the the law has statutes for all kinds of different um, how it's applied in different situations it's all covered in the law i'm not advocating the law i am not advocating the law but the law is a shadow of the things to come order you see order so we see here in verse 19 the avenger of blood himself so Understand that there's this city of refuge from the avenger. Now, does that mean that there's uh, no justice? Does that mean that there's no justice? In that example, you and me were siblings. I mean, we are in Christ, but say, for example, we are biologically. You and me were siblings. Somebody kills our sibling. And and the the, the offender, the the person who killed and drew blood, that person's in this city of refuge. Does that mean that we don't have justice? Because, no, this guy killed my sibling. This guy killed your sibling. Let's kill him. You see, I'm not advocating death in in that regard. I'm just giving an example here. Let's kill him. Oh, we have no justice. We have no justice. No, it's not to say that there's an injustice. But every single soul must be in subjection to the Lord under the law. I'm not advocating the law. But even under the law, there must be submission of self unto the law it's you and me saying yes our sibling is dead but in submission to the law we're going to wait because there's this provision in the law for the city of refuge and there's going to be a time which we can attend trial and you know everything's going to be laid out and you know the determination is going to be made and we trust that the lord has established this for us because he wants our hearts to be nice and soft before him he's looking out for us we trust in the Lord's ways. And these are how things are going to be. You see, understand that, you know, if, if, if I, I place you and me there, but if that were the case, like we, we're fresh out of bondage in Egypt. Fresh out of bondage. Now, under the bondage of Egypt, we were under their system, but under their system as slaves. Not under their system of like legal proceedings and we didn't partake in the legal aspects in, in this regard, but we partook in the legal proceedings, but as slaves, which was very little legal benefit for us as being in bondage. So we're learning and not just learning. The Lord is showing us and he's giving us the opportunity to apply these things. Now, given these opportunities to apply, we you and me, and also the offender, we have to submit ourselves to the Lord. I mean, if I like, no, no, let's kill him. You you have to tell me, no, 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 we submit ourselves. Okay, fine, I'm not going to kill him. Let's submit to the Lord. Let's, let's trust in the Lord's ways better than our ways. Let's trust in his ways. The offender goes to the city of refuge, and you know, next week there's going to be a trial. We go to trial, lay it all out, and it could be that Our sibling was in the wrong. It could be that he's dead for a reason. You see, I'm not advocating death in that regard, but it could be that our sibling was in the wrong. What if our sibling was, you know, raping somebody? Our sibling, you know, stole from this guy and the guy was, you know, his his wife was being raped and he killed the guy. He killed him. He he didn't know it was our brother. Here we are saying injustice, injustice, but where's the injustice? You see, and I say these grotesque things. I don't say these grotesque things loosely, but I'm just giving an example. It could be that we're in the wrong. And if if that were the case, if our sibling was in the wrong and we killed the offender, then 
our sibling would be in the wrong, and then you and me would be in the wrong, and we would be dead. What would happen to the progeny of our camp? What would, be, what would happen to the progeny of our family? You see? So we look at the law as like restrictive, but understand that the law, I'm not advocating the law, but the law, it's a two in the Old Testament, even a hardcore tutor, but a tutor nonetheless. You know, it's something better is coming in the future, and that's Christ, just as Hebrews 8 reveals. So we see here the avenger of blood himself shall put the murder to death. When he meets him, he shall put him to death. So we see here, if he pushes that, that there's certain like rules for, you know, how this comes about. He says here in verse 20, if he pushes him out of hatred or while lying in wait or like ambush or, you know, by design, hurl something at him so that he dies or in enmity, which is hostility or in enmity, he strikes him with his hand so that he dies. The one who struck him shall surely be put to death. You see? Oh, but I'm justified. I'm justified. This guy committed this injustice. I can kill him. No. No, there's there's no justification in this. To, to kill in this manner because it's, it shows, it reveals hearts. There's no justification in murder like, like, like that. Now, remember, manslayer and murderer. Manslayer, a person drew blood. But how was this blood drawn? what's the reason behind this? The Lord knows. But the camp of Israel, they're learning self-governance for the benefit of the people and to honor the Lord and all under God, under the law, but under God. You see, he says here in verse 21, he is a murderer. The avenger of blood shall put the murderer to death when he meets him. So now you have a new avenger here. So, Understand that with injustice, at injustice, there is always a party who has reason to avenge. Always. With any form of injustice. There is always a party who has reason to avenge. But then what happens when we submit to the Lord? What happens when submission is unto the Lord? It could be that I'm wrong. It could be that you're wrong. Because everybody has this idea of what justice is. You see? Oh, that's an injustice. That's an injustice. Wait a second. The adjust injustice. Oh, that's an injustice. That's an injustice. But what about when the injustice is you and me? But when we submit to the Lord, the Lord shows us His justice. You see? And when we see His justice, we realize, wow, I'm in the wrong and our hearts stay soft before him. Old Testament, New Testament. You see, the whole objective is for people to be right with God. That's the whole objective. And so, I mean, that's not to say that, you know, people get get off for free. You know, it's not that, but you and me in submission to the Lord God avenges. God avenges. I've, I've been on the receiving end of God's vengeance. And by his mercy, he let me live. You see, it doesn't feel good. It's not a good feeling. But 
Our pastor in California always used to say, you know, the Lord does cleaner work than the mafia. He does a cleaner job than the mafia. And I know Christians, saints who were under deep, 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 major oppression, major oppression, and a lot of it demonic. And there's a period where the saint is in hardcore prayer. And the deliverance that the Lord provides, the, the saint is clear. The saint is safe. But then total ruin comes upon the offender. And in some cases, death. You see? That's what I mean when our pastor in California used to say, the Lord does cleaner work than the mafia. You see, it's true. And we're going to study Old Testament, New Testament. We're going to see the Lord does cleaner work than the mafia. And I don't say that in jest. But it, when we submit to the Lord, it's not to say, wow, there's no injustice. And the Lord wants me to just do nothing at this injustice. No, it's yielding to him and understanding that God will avenge. You see, if not in this life, certainly, as surely as he lives, certainly in the next. Understand, too, that he's long-suffering. In verse 22, However, if he pushes him suddenly without enmity or throws anything at him without lying in wait. See, it points to the heart, the intent. What is the manner of heart of the person that waits in ambush to kill? And what is the manner of heart for the person that maybe was an accident? You see? In verse 23, or uses a stone by which a man could die, throwing it at him without seeing him, so that he dies while he was not his enemy or seeking his harm. So have you ever read like warning labels? You, you buy like a new device or you buy a new instrument or you buy a new whatever. And you read the warning label and it says like, do not ingest or you know it's like weird warnings like don't don't do karate while climbing on this and you're like what in the world well it's written on there because somebody did it somebody did you read the warning label you're like who in their right mind would do this well it's on there you know because the lawyer says hey company put this on the label because we don't want anybody to to do this like like this person did and we had this claim we had to pay you know, millions of dollars so now we're gonna put these warning labels on you see like you look at the old school toys no warning labels. You look at toys nowadays, you open the box and you have these big legal briefings, you know, big legal legal paper, you know, do not this, do not that, do not this, not this toy is not designed for this, this toy is not for this. And you read that, who in the world would eat this? Who in the world would, you know, jump off the roof wearing this? And sometimes they're very specific. Well, somebody did it. And so we read passages like this and being forward looking, these people will do these things. These things will happen. And you see it happen. People die because another person murdered and then another person will die because it was done on accident. Well, these are provisions in the law which make accommodation, legal accommodation in accordance to the law given to Israel by the Lord so that they can learn self-governance. I'm not advocating the law. Remember, there was creation before the law. Okay, remember that there was creation before the law. But also remember that paradise was lost as a result of sin and disobedience. Paradise was lost and then came the law. Well, paradise was lost and then, you know, creation continued. And then the Lord was sorry that he made mankind. And so judgment came. But there was grace with Noah. The Noah found grace with the Lord. You see, and Noah was saved. 
and then after that, then the law came. Well, you know, there was a period under Joseph where you know there was no law. There, there. I mean, Abraham law was the circumcision. The, the law of circumcision was before the Ten Commandments. That's the law that Moses almost broke, and the Lord wanted to kill Moses, and he was saved by his wife. You see, so you hear us say these things and even make the stipulation of like, I'm not advocating the law. There's no advocation of the law. Understand that paradise was lost before the law. Paradise is gained without the law. Paradise is gained in the fulfillment of the law. And I speak of Christ. You see, it's a matter of the heart. A matter of the heart here. The, the people, they're learning self-governance. The Lord is teaching them how to govern themselves in accordance with the law that he's given them so in verse 24 we see then the congregation shall judge between the manslayer and the avenger of blood according to these judgment according to these judgments see and according to the law that the lord is teaching them you see in verse 25 now you you see maturity in the camp of israel you remember when israel came out of uh, they start their journey in the wilderness and their heart, how the Lord would even say to Moses, you are stiff-necked, they're stiff-necked people. And even Moses would turn around and tell them, you guys are stiff-necked people. And yet, at the same time, in giving the law, understand even Israel is maturing. They're growing. The same way you and me grow in Christ. You see, so the congregation shall in verse 25 shall deliver the manslayer from the hand of the avenger of blood and the congregation shall return to him, shall return him to the city of refuge where he had fled. So this is in accordance to the accidental death. If it was an intentional death, then killing, kill the offender in accordance to the law, capital punishment, death. But in this accidental death, this person, person shall return to the city of refuge where he had fled. And he shall remain there until the death of the high priest who was anointed with the holy oil. You see? Which could be a long time. Could be a long time. If, 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 the, if the high priest is old, it could be for, you know, like if Aaron were still alive and, you know, he were still alive, just barely alive because he was an old man, then somebody could commit this and, you know, be in the city of refuge and, you know, in a week be free. But... It's Eliezer now, so they got some they got some time to be in the city of refuge. So it could be a long time, it could be short. So I don't like going outside the Bible too much, but I'll say this. Historical records. Historical re records are, reveal something quite interesting. And in, uh, when I say historical rec records, it's primarily Josephus, but there's secondary and tertiary records too, but primarily Josephus. But there are records and historical records and archives and primarily Josephus about the death of Caiaphas and even the last red heifer in Israel. It reveals a lot. And I, and I don't want to tie that to scripture in regard to, hey, let's look at, you know, the writings of Josephus. But I say this to emphasize that the Lord to this day is still making captives free. Because this person under the law, under this statue in the law, they go to the city of refuge until the death of the high priest. But supernaturally speaking, what about the death of the real high priest in the order of Melchizedek? And I speak of freedom 
that you and I have in Christ. Free. You see? Freedom in Christ. Not to take advantage of those freedoms, but freedom in Christ. And not allowing that to be license for sin, but real freedom, not enslavement to sin. In verse 26, But if the manslayer at any time goes outside the limits of the city of refuge where he fled, and the avenger of blood finds him outside the limits of the city of refuge, and the avenger of blood kills the manslayer, he shall not be guilty of blood. You see? Look at all these reasons for death. It could be natural causes, but war, infighting, vengeance. But in those aspects of death or the how death presents itself, the people still need to be clean. Remember the warriors? Even when they go to war, when they come back from war, they still need to be cleansed. You see? Oh, but they're in obedience to the Lord. Yes, they're in obedience to the Lord. The Lord says, okay, now you got to go fight the Canaanites. They're going to go fight and they're going to kill and they're going to win battles. In some cases, in future books, you're going to see they're going to lose battles. And you're going to know why they lose battle. Because of sin in the camp. Trespass in the camp. But the heart still needs to be clean inside the camp. People go to war. They're exposed to death, exposed to blood. Boom, they come back. There's provisions in the law for cleansing. People, you're in your tent and your your mom dies. You're in your tent and somebody dies. Okay, well, that body, because there's association with death, now there's a process for cleansing the home. Cleanse because of exposure to death. You see? That's the word. As New Covenant believers, the works of the flesh lead to death. And there's a process. I'm not advocating the law. I stress that. I can't stress it enough. But there's a process. And I'm doing my air quotes when I say process for cleansing, which is let's walk according to the Spirit. You see? A lot of Christians don't even have the Holy Spirit. You say, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? Remember Simon, our study in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit skipped over Simon because his heart wasn't right with the Lord. So what was Simon doing? He was religious. You see, he was religious. A lot of people believe in Jesus Christ. They have the baptism of Jesus Christ, but no baptism of the Holy Spirit. And such are the ones who say, oh, that was for another dispensation. That was for 2,000 years ago. That's not for today. That was for another dispensation. No, it wasn't. You will never find an expiration date on the moving and the gifting of the Holy Spirit and how he works. You will never find that in scripture, but you'll find it in churches. You'll find it in doctrine. You won't find it in biblical doctrine, but you'll find it in doctrine according to man. Why? Because people make an excuse for the absence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Why? Because There's no submission to Jesus Christ. There's no submission to his word, no submission to his spirit. And so you have people who are religious, you see. And that's one of the things, among other aspects, that I really, really look forward to as we get deeper in the last days. And it will be perilous. But I really love how these doctrines, these theories will fail. They will be exposed as false. And people will have to make a choice at that time. 
Oh, but this guy told me I have to take the mark of the beast and I'll still be saved. It's okay. No. No. Because when that moment of decision comes, that's, that's hardcore. Oh, but this guy says I should go grave soaking. So I'm going to do a double whammy. I'm going to go grave soaking and pray that the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, gives me guidance in taking the mark. You see, and that's what I love so much about the last days is how the Lord makes himself known. And when the Lord makes himself known, people are going to make these hardcore decisions and be saved. Denying these things. Oh, I used to be replacement theology, but no more because the Lord made himself known. Oh, I used to think it's okay to take the mark of the beast, but no more because the Lord has made himself known. Oh, I used to go, go grave soaking, but no more because the Lord has made himself known. You see? Oh, I used to be a prosperity gospel, but no more because the Lord had made himself known. And then you have the remnant growing and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You see? Let's continue in our study here in verse um, verse uh, 27 and the avenger, or in verse 28, because or actually in verse 26 but if the manslayer at any time goes outside the limits of the city of refuge where he fled where he fled and the avenger of blood finds him outside the limits of the city of refuge and the avenger of blood kills the manslayer he shall not be guilty of blood remember so all these means of death there's order on cleanliness and order of you know if one of them shall fail such as this man manslayer who's supposed to be in the city of refuge and what happens if all of a sudden he says no i don't want to do that anymore i don't want to submit to the way god has this for me so i'm just going to go back to my tent well what happens then the avenger that so say that sibling example say somebody kills our sibling and in submission you know we do everything in accordance to the law and say we have another brother not not using me and you say we have another brother who says, well, I saw the, the guy, he's not in the city of refuge, so you know what? I, I, you know, did what I had to do in accordance to the law. Well, he would be justified. He would be justified. He's not justified, but he's not guilty of blood. And then provisions of the law, because of ex exposure to death, he would have to be cleansed. He would have to be clean. Now, I think I've said this before, but from a very practical standpoint, a very, very practical standpoint. You look at the, the process of cleansing in a tent, the, the process of cleansing in a heart. It's pretty hardcore. And we're so spoiled now because it's repentance under the Lord and receiving Jesus Christ and repentance under Him. We have it so, we're so spoiled now. But back, and that's, you know, being right before the Lord as, as new covenant believers. But in the old covenant, being right before the Lord, Oh my goodness, it was like a whole, like a lot of things involved. You know, doing that, the sacrifice, offering the animal, sacrifice the animal, you know, if, you know, whatever form of uncleanness, you know, washing everything, doing this from a very practical standpoint. It's a lot easier. And I don't want to place emphasis on, you know, the, the easy way or the, 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 the path of, uh, 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 least friction, you know, a lot of times people like to take the, the easy path because, you know, they're lazy. But when it comes to this cleansing in the law from a very practical standpoint, obedience is a lot easier. <laughs> <You know? laughs> obedience is a way easier. 
then you know having to wash everything in the house and sleeping over here and sleeping outside and washing this and bathing in this manner and cleansing this and cleansing that and sacrificing this that i speak from a practical standpoint obedience is a lot easier <laughs> and so when we read passages like this it's not just to gloss over and say oh yeah our sibling killed this guy no big deal no it's a big deal it's a big deal it's a huge deal because he took a life and that in itself and it exposed something happens when you take a life something happens inside have you ever spoken to somebody who's killed one person or spoken to somebody who's killed two people or three people or 20 people or people who are responsible for the death of hundreds of people have you ever spoken to these people there's something different about their hearts it's a fractured heart a fractured soul there's something different it's almost like you can see it their soul is fractured that's what the lord wants to free us from that's what the lord doesn't want us to have and so there's cleansing that has to happen yes there's the command to go to war and yes death will happen and death does happen israel will kill but at the same time, coming back, the return, there's still cleansing that needs to happen. You see? So I don't gloss over this lightly by saying, okay, the in verse 27, the avenger of blood kills the manslayer. He shall not be guilty of blood. Boom, we're done. I don't mean to come off like that. No, something happens when you kill inside of your heart, inside of your soul, inside of your mind. You grow callous to certain things. Something happens when you kill one person, two people, 10 people, 20 people, 50 people. Something happens. It's, it's not pretty. It's not good at all. And these are things that the Lord wants to protect, protect his creation from. In the law. Straight up in the law. But, and that's, that's the, the smaller glory. Still holy, but it's the smaller glory. Remember we studied that? The, the head beams? Low beams and high beams, the greater glory, even more so under, under the fulfillment of the law in Christ. See, when the Lord raises the bar, you know, I, the law says don't murder. But, you know, if you say you hate somebody, you murder them in your heart. Whoever hates his brother kills him in his heart. You see, the Lord raises the bar. Why? Because the condition of our heart, softness before him, moldable, usable. As his vessel you see there's a purpose behind. when you look at the bible from a religious point of view like okay you do this do that and you take like an academic approach to the bible that only goes so far that only goes so far because remember those who know know in part that knowledge will fail love doesn't fail it's a matter of the heart so we see this in verse 28, because he should have remained. Speaking of the guy, the guy who was supposed to be in the city of refuge, he says, oh, no, I'm fine. I don't want to submit to the Lord anymore, so I'm going to go back home. Now, in verse 28, because he should have remained in his city of refuge until the death of the high priest. But after the death of the high priest, the manslayer may return to the land of possession. So you see, the cities of refuge, remember, they belong to the priesthood. And... This aspect of killing, yes, has a psychological impact, but on the heart. And that's what I love so much about this, 
these cities of refuge being under the ownership of the priesthood is because it's the priesthood, the Abodah, Abodah Mishkan. It's like another aspect of ministry under these calloused hearts, so to speak, exposed to death through their killing. The body caring for the body. It's the priesthood caring. The priesthood, which is still the body, caring for the body. Just as you see Paul uh, as a father of the church, so to speak, as a church uh, father in terms of him. He even, when he says to Corinth, you know, like I birthed, he's, he speaks of birthing the church in Corinth. Like when you read the translations, it's, it's like the church has passed through his birth canal. That's how he speaks. He's a male. He doesn't even have a birth canal. But accordance to Christ, the spirit, not the flesh, it accordance to the spirit, that's how much he loves the Corinthian church. He speaks to them like he's speaking to his own children, like his own beautiful babies. Remember when he says like, you know, I, I, that, that you were made sorry. I didn't like it, but I also liked it. Think about like to his own children, to his own babies, separate from them. Think about how much that pained Paul. But yet, how beautiful it was for the remnant. And that's what I love so much about, yes, the body caring for the body, but then also you see the, uh, the church leadership caring for the body. Just like we see exemplified in Paul, in Titus, in Timothy, in uh, 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 Priscilla and Achilla, Phoebe, Chloe. You see, people in ministry leaders caring for the body. That's what I love so much about the ownership of these cities of refuge being in the priesthood because you have the Kohanim, the Levitical priesthood, you have the Abodah, Abodah Mishkan, all about the Lord's business for hearts to be right before the Lord. A lot of work being about the Lord's business, which begs the question when you get into the Samuels, begs the question when you get into the Gospels, which begs the question when you get into Acts about the priesthood, the Kohanim and the, Levitic, the, the, the Levitical priesthood. It begs the question, what in the world are you guys doing? You're so preoccupied with killing Christ. You're so preoccupied with killing Paul. You're so preoccupied with their sin in the camp. I'm not advocating the law. But maybe if they were in alignment with Abodah, Abodah Mishkan, maybe they would have eyes to see. They would have had eyes to see. They would have had eyes to see and ears to hear, such as Nicodemus. Nicodemus. Don't forget, there were Pharisees who became Christians. Not a lot, but there were Pharisees who became Christians. And the problem with them is that they didn't want to let go of the law. They didn't want to let go of the law, and there, Paul wasn't quiet about it. Paul wasn't quiet about it. There, he had some major beef with it. You see, they were compelling Christians. The, these Pharisees, they took it upon themselves to go to the churches and say, you have to be circumcised, you have to do this. And Paul says, no, not for Gentiles. Not for Gentiles. You see, he had some major beef with it. And the works of the law... That became a problem in the church, which we're going to study when we get done with Corinthians. For 2 Corinthians, we're going to go to Galatians. That was a problem in the Galatian church. Let's go back to the law. Let's go back to the law. No. Who told you that? Who told you? That's what Paul said. Who in the world told you that? 
You know, that's not what I taught you. Who told you that? Galatia? Galatian saints? Who, you know, you'd like pass through my birth canal. He's male. He doesn't even have a birth canal. But he has a spiritual birth canal. Who told you that? I never said that to you guys. I never taught you that. So why do you hold on to that? Why do you believe in that? Who told you these things? You see? In verse 29, And these things shall be a statute of judgment to you throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Whoever kills a person, the murderer shall be put to death on the testimony of a witness. But one witness is not sufficient testimony against a person for the death penalty. You see? Two. Two or more testimony because you're going to see abuse to this people making up claims that you know the the scribes and pharisees they're you know compelling witnesses oh say you saw this say it happened like this and in agreement they're like okay it was a conspiracy a conspiracy against christ conspiracy against paul all because they wanted them dead you see but there's spiritual elements here Deeper than what the human eye can see. There are deep spiritual factions behind this. And in some cases, demonic. In most cases, demonic. Which we're going to study, Lord willing, on Sunday. Spiritual warfare. You see, not for babies. Not for babies in Corinth. No, it's for the learned. For those who have matured and are moving on to perfection. Now, to understand this aspect of spiritual warfare. You see? But you see abuse. All through the Bible, you're going to see abuse. And I'll even mention, we're going, to, you know, we're going to look at a passage and be like, okay, do you remember our study through Numbers? Do you remember our study through Leviticus? Do you remember our study through Exodus? Well, they're breaking the statute. And now the Lord responds exactly how he said he would respond. You see? And we're going to study that in Deuteronomy too. The blessings of obedience, the curses of disobedience. And we're going to hit that hardcore. And we're going to understand these things. And with these understandings, it will help us understand the character of our Lord. So when we're at that fork in the road, we can choose to walk according to the Spirit instead of walking according to the flesh. You see? These are things that we can We're studying numbers. And it's helping us in our walk with Christ as new covenant believers. You see? In verse 31, in closing... Moreover, you shall take no ransom for the life of a murderer who is guilty of death, but he shall surely be put to death. Remember, life for li- life for life. No bribery. Or the fat cats, you know, all the rich people, they get away with murder. But the Lord is saying, no, don't let that happen. You know, murder has all oh, this guy slides you, you know, $10,000. Okay, nothing happened. You know, he, he, he fell off a cliff. No, no bribery. No bribery. And you shall take no ransom from him for, for him who has fled to his city of refuge that he may turn to dwell in the land before the death of the priests. You see? No bribery. So you say, you know, we're, we're brother and sister, brother and brother. And, and say, for, well, you know, I'm male. So if you're male, brother and brother. If you're female, brother and sister. Me being the brother, you know. Emphasizing. We're, we're, we're living in crazy times. So we have to make these emphasis, uh, emphasize these things. And so say, for example, somebody killed our sibling. And then the guy who's in a city of refuge, he says, I don't want to be under the law. I don't want to be under this, you know, what the God, what God has for me. I don't want to be under that anymore, what the law says. So I'm just going to go back home. And he's walking back home and we see him and we're like, look, you know, there he is. And we have another brother with us. And he's like, look, let's kill him. And then a rich guy comes and says, oh, no, no, that's, that's my cousin. That's my cousin. Here, I'll give you each $10,000. And we take him back. Okay, good. You know, he's good to go. He's, you know, he's free to go. No, that's bribery. 
That's bribery. No, that's ransom, you know. In verse 232, you shall take no ransom from him who has fled to a city of refuge that he may turn to dwell in the land before the death of the priest. You see? Because if that were the case, then rich people would get away with murder. And look at what we see today. Depending on connections of people, they get away with murder. Get away with the politicians, they get away with murder. You know, uh, white-collar crime, certain white-collar crime, they get away with murder. You see? But the Lord sees it all. They might get away in this life, but in the life to come, if there's no repentance in Christ Jesus... If there's no repentance, then they'll be subject to the second death where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth or destruction. You see? Destruction. A lake of fire. The second death. In verse 33, So you shall not pollute the land where you are. You see, understand Israel, formerly under bondage, and God has given them this land of Israel and established the borders, told them, okay, these are the cities. These are how you divvy out the cities, the inheritance. This is how you divvy this is for the Levites. This is for city of refuge. This is the functionality. This is how, it shall be, this is how it's going to work. And these are the rules. And he says, the reason right here, verse 33, so you shall not pollute the land where you are. The Lord wants good things for his people. And pollution has an impact on the land. And I speak of sin. Pollution, I'm not talking about, you know, like, uh, styrofoam, you know. I'm not speaking about, you know, greenhouse gases. Pollution in regards to sin. Sin's impact on a land, a people, a home, a heart. Look at a family. Take a family. Look at how when everybody is right with the Lord, and a family under one roof. Look at how beautiful. Do you know how sweet that is? It's so palpable. You can. It's such a sweet aroma. You can cut the air with a knife. It's so beautiful. It's so incredibly beautiful. When you see it. You hear it. You can smell it. It's glorious. But then sin enters the heart of one of the family members. The dad. The mom. A kid. A daughter. A son. Sin enters the camp. Look at how it devastates the home. And in that state of devastation unto a home, everybody on Sunday, they get in the car, they go to church. And that leaven, if it's not taken care of, if that sin isn't addressed, if that sin remains unrepented of, if that remains to fester, it spreads in the church. It continues to spread into another family into another home, another, another, and sin, sp sin spreads, and all of a sudden, it's like, wow, you know, that's why the defunct of Corinth, where were they? Asleep at the wheel. You see, the elders, the pastors of Corinth, why did they say nothing? They kept silent, you see? And yet, the Lord desires good things for you. For me. In verse 33. So you shall not pollute the land where you are. For blood defiles the land. And no atonement can be made for the land for the blood that is shed on it. Except 
by the blood of him who shed it. You say, you know, wait a second, wait a second. I thought you said life for life. And if it's life for life, then if, if no atonement, if there's no atonement, what is revealed here in verse 33, if there's no atonement, how can Christ atone? I'll give you the answer. Give him your heart. Give him your heart. You see? You know, our study in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, heavy emphasis on money and the order of which to partake in this ministry, it's forget the money. Forget the money. You first give the Lord your heart. Remember, 2 Corinthians, we're six years deep, and now Paul is bringing up the aspect of money? Yes, absolutely. Why? Because a, a heart must first be rendered unto the Lord. And that's what I say to you. Give him your heart. All of it. Not the little piece. Not this little corner, this little corner, that little corner, this little chunk. Okay, this is a bigger chunk. Is that okay? No, it's not okay. 100%. All of it. Give him your heart. You see? I don't care. Whatever sin. Prostitution, drugs, sex, rock and roll, the occult. I, I don't care. Murder. I don't care. I care, but that's, let's save that for later. You give him your heart. You commit your life to Jesus Christ. And you do that right here, right now. Hit pause, listen to the message, how to commit your life to Christ. And you do exactly that. Get in the ark. And then you come back and you listen. Now, when I said I didn't care about murder, I do care about that. Now we got to call the police. Okay. Now there's what the Bible says. Uh, you reap what you sow. You see. Now you reap. So many times people say, okay, yeah, I, I, I asked for forgiveness. So, you know, everything's back to fine and dandy. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. No, you have to reap what you've sown. If that's your mindset, oh, yeah, I, I asked for forgiveness. I'm good to go. So, yeah, here I am. Here I am. No, no. You have to reap what you have sown. You have to reap what you have sown. It's a learning. It's for learning. And yes, it's painful. And I tell you this from experience. It's painful. Deeply painful. But yet, the aftermath of it is so beautiful. So beautiful. But there's a period, you know, wait on the Lord. Because the Lord's timing is perfect. Perfect. And so, it is written here, last verse in closing, therefore, verse 34, do not defile the land which you inhabit, in the midst of which I dwell. You see, the Lord is there. God is saying to the people, hey, I'm giving you this law. I'm giving you these rules. This is how you must learning self-governance and exercising self-governance. But hey, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. For I, the Lord, dwell among the children of Israel. Order in the camp. You see? Just as our study in Corinthians, first and second, you see order in the camp. Where there's disorder, a vessel of the Lord says, hey, separate. You see? Consecration unto the Lord. Old Testament, New Testament. And what does the Bible teach us? That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. To the beautiful people of the way, the remnant of these last days, God bless you. I love you.